All right, all right. Everybody, how you doing? Alton Jones here. And um, welcome to our call. It is 4 o'clock exactly, and I want to welcome to the call for the uh, the uh, monthly call that we do every second Monday of the uh, month. And um, we hold this call again, like every second Sunday, every second Monday of the month. Uh, it's for Gold Club members. If you're a Gold Club member and you can submit deals prior to the call, and we'll review them right here. And uh, if you are a Gold Club member and you're listening in, and but you can't participate, um, I'm sorry, correction, if you're not a Gold Club member and you want to participate and you're not, you can go to ronlegrandgoldclub.com and sign up there, and you can become a Gold Club member. And uh, if you are a Gold Club member but you forgot the code access to um, get into, if you have a question you want to ask, you want to definitely get hang up right now if you're a Gold Club member and you want to answer quest, ask a question or if you have a deal, you want to be able to hang up, go, go to the Gold Club website, get your access number, and call back in that way using the access that you get through Gold Club and in addition to um, uh, we can go over your deals or you can ask questions, you can get in the queue. If you are on the Gold Club and you want to ask a question, you want to push star six and enter into your, and you'll be entered into the queue and we'll be able to take your uh, questions from there. So, um, like I said, uh, we do this again every month, every second, every second Monday of the month, and it goes for an hour, and uh, we'll hope we got a lot of leads here. I just got here, faxed over to me. Um, can you believe how we got faxed too, right, still? Uh, and those things are going to help us get through the process. I'm going to moderate this thing, and I'm going to be taking questions. Again, all you have to do is hit star six if you want to ask a question. If you're a Gold Club member, if you're not, you're just going to be in the listen-only mode. So let me see here. I got all my little notes here. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. It's real exciting. I just got back in from uh, the Rehabbers Boot Camp from around the Grand this past weekend, and it was absolutely phenomenal, and so many people there doing so many great things. And if you were a Gold Club member who was there, uh, I enjoyed meeting with you. Uh, I thought it was very fun. Um, let's see here. Um, let me hit the next button. That's what I'm supposed to hit. Uh, let me see here. Where's my next button? Control. All right. Let me get this here. Web controls. I hope you can hear me out there. Uh, I believe tomorrow or the following day. Hello, is anybody up there? Yeah, everybody. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Let me put it Yeah. Hello. Can you hear me now? I can hear you yes, now. Yes, I can hear you. No. No. No, this is Amy from California. Somebody's got a lot of feedback in here. Am I on? <laughs> Who's that? Hang on, guys. Give me a second. Okay. You're, you're the first one I'm getting in.
All right. I got everybody on hold right now, so just hang on because we got a lot of background noise there. I want to be able to get uh, uh, the folks on here who's logged in here and get to the first uh, lead sheet we have here. We have a bunch of folks on the call, and I want to make sure we get everybody their turn into the queue, and um, we'll go from there. All right, let me do this real quick. Uh, okay. Hello. Hello. Sorry. I think that's the thing. Can you hear me? Hang on, everybody. Let me see here. Okay, everybody, I'm ready now. So we're going to get this thing started. And I have, um, who's this? Wolford? Yes. Oh, you there? Okay, good. So uh, did you have a question or did you have a lead that you sent in? Oh, I have a question. Sure. Uh, I am getting ready to go to Hawaii. And I would like to go wholesaling, and I was wondering, well, how could I be successful at it? The, the rules are different there. Well, let me ask you something. Have you been to the Quick Start School yet? Uh, yes, I have. I just came from it uh, two weeks ago. And you're saying you want to primarily wholesale properties, right? You don't right. want to do pretty house? 
In Hawaii. Okay. In Hawaii. Well, okay. Well, you know, that, you can do that. I mean, it's very easy to do, um, but you make sure you have to have – have you been properly trained in wholesaling yet? Have you got all your, you know, um, systems in place for wholesaling? Because the key thing in a wholesaling is – um, you know, one, you should look at being a transactional engineer. You don't know if you're going to wholesale something, keep it, or hold it, or flip it, or fix it, or whatever you're going to do. But if you're looking at wholesaling something, you definitely want to make sure you know the market. Uh, what part What part of Hawaii are you going to be? What part of the island are you going to be in? And you should research that. Uh, what, what state are you in right now? Right now I'm in California on my way to Hawaii. Now, are you going to be living in Hawaii permanently? Yes. Okay, so that's a good. Now you have to. Now, what island are you going to be on? Oahu. What Oahu? Uh huh. Okay, so one thing I would probably uh, try to find out from the state of Hawaii because all the rules are, there's some rules that are different in real estate when it comes to uh, different state laws and regulations. You want to research what what you can and what you can't do in the state of Hawaii. It should be not too much different from California, but you definitely want to get a system in place. You want to find out who are the biggest wholesalers out there. What are they wholesaling? What's the markets like? You know, you want to be able to network with people who are wholesalers out there. So, and you can probably find some of those folks even on Craigslist. Find out even on a meetup. You can go to a meetup group and find out, you know, uh, real estate investors on meetup, and you're going to find other wholesalers at some of those meetings. So when you get out to Oahu. You don't want to be the only game in town. You're probably not the only game in town because people have been wholesaling all across this nation forever. So you'll be able to find um, the uh, – are you still there? Yeah, you're still there, right? Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm still there. Yeah, you, you, you'll be able to find uh, uh, a active wholesaler out there, and you could probably kind of copy what they're doing because if they're successful wholesaling properties in Oahu, then you could be able to do that too. But just know that a lot of your time and money is going to go into marketing. Okay, because the wholesaler, okay. in order to be successful, you need to have your phone ringing or you need to be dialing the phone. So you can have two. And the way the techniques we use with Ron LeGrand and, um, and the quick start is you want to send out yellow letters. You want to send out those yellow letters, contact those sellers to get them to call you about buying their house. Rather you buying it on terms or rather you buying it for cash, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you want to be able to have marketing so you can have people calling you about a house that they have for sale. Now, again, you want to research that market in detail. So find out what is selling out there in Oahu. You know, are single-family houses selling, are condos selling, or, you know, are multifamily selling? You know, what's the market over there? So you don't want to just jump into a market and not know what it's all about. So definitely put yourself in a position where you can uh, learn about that market before you, you know, because you know, otherwise it's sink or swim. You've got to be bold and be brave. And understand, majority of people are going to tell you no. But that's all. It's like water on wax. Wax on, wax off. You know, you want to get people to, you know, the majority is going to tell you no. It only matters if the one or two people that tell you yes. And if the one or two people equates to a $20,000 shut-up check, then that's okay. But, okay. no, you can be successful in Oahu as long as you tell yourself that you're going to be successful. See, thoughts have power, okay? Thoughts have mighty, mighty power. Whatever you tell yourself, that's what it is. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. And I promise you, if you go to Oahu and you go out there finding people who are the movers and shakers in wholesaling, you're going to be successful if you copy what they're doing. It's okay to copycat as long as you copy the right cat. 
See, I copy Ron LeGrand because he's the right cat because he's been doing his thing since 1980. So uh, rather it's wholesaling, fixing, flipping, or pretty house, it really doesn't matter. Become a transactional engineer because something that you decide you want to wholesale today may be something big for you tomorrow that you might be able to keep on a lease option basis. So keep your options open when you're looking at that. Is that okay? Okay, great. Yeah. I hope that was helpful. Yes, it was. Thank you so very well, much. Well, good luck in Oahu. We'll see you on the next call. Okay. All right, great. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, who's next? Sean? Yes, how you doing? All right, Sean, let everybody know where you're calling from. All right, this is uh, Sean in uh, Cathedral City, California. Oh, you are here with me, man. Cathedral City, that's basically Palm Springs and Rancho Lamar. That's my yeah. vacation spot. I go out there all the time. Matter of fact, I'll be out there in another week or two. Oh, wow. How cool. You, I've been, I've you been looking for people out, out here. See, you watch out because <laughs> while I'm out there relaxing under the sun, 120-degree weather, I'm still looking at real estate even around your area. Oh. Well, this is, this is my first time. I've, uh, I've only I ordered the homestay court. This oh, is good. the first time I've ever gotten into real estate, so I'm still kind of wrapping my head around all the CDs and the information and everything. So you haven't been to the Quick Start School yet, right? No, I took jobs and everything and, and trying to make ends meet. Did you say you got two jobs? Did you say you got two jobs? Oh, I did. man. That's, I did. That's, that's, we got to fire one of them bosses. I know. That's the what, hard part about it right question? now. What's the question? Well, I, I, I have a few questions. Um, on my first deal, since I don't have any money buy a property, should I only be looking at lease option and lease purchase deals rather than buying a home with owner financing? No, you should be looking at all of them. See, the first thing, hey, look, I have a pretty good business, but I understand one thing, Sean. First of all, I don't have no money, okay? I don't have no credit. I don't have no money. I got a vision, I got a dream, and I got a passion to go out there. If you can go out there and sell the dream, uh, it don't matter if you got money. See, you don't need money, your money. You just need somebody else's money called OPM, other people's money. Okay, so you can use other people's money or what we call it OPM, or you can create a deed and a note out of thin air. I can't tell you how many times where I never had any money and I created a note out of thin air and all of a sudden money came out of the woodwork and I was able to buy property. So you don't need money to buy, you don't need your money to buy property. As a matter of fact, sometimes you don't even need money because all you can do, if you're good enough to be able to talk to the seller, to be able to convince a seller who has a free and clear property to carry the paper, meaning they're going to carry a note for you to be able to buy that property, okay, on some terms, some good sweetheart terms. Because, see, and this is where coming to the Quick Start School, you get a lot out of. Coming to the Quick Start I School want to, is like basic <laughs> It, it, and so now you've got the home study sub, which is good. So get through the home study course. See, the home study course is like, it's like water to a starving person in the desert. It's good, but it's not good as you're going to get it right there if you've got Ron LeGrand in front of you. So I would tell you, mm -hmm. get everything you can get out of that home study. Because, matter of fact, I wouldn't even go to sleep until the home study course was internalized in my brain. Okay, because everything in the home study course that you have with Ron LeGrand is going to teach you everything you need to know with the basic fundamentals. But it ain't going to be that coach that's going to tell you, yell you where you're going wrong. Okay, so you need to be able to have that person to give you a big kick in the butt because sometimes 
in, and I just, I literally, I just left that uh, rehab boot camp that Ron LeGrand just put on this past week. And even me, as a successful rehabber, I have an epiphany of things that I've taught from the master, okay? And so I get there, and maybe I've read it a few times, but then when I hear it in front of him, all of a sudden the light bulb comes on, and it's a million-dollar idea. I can't tell you sitting over dinner with Ronald Grant, I had a multi-million-dollar idea that he put in my brain just by having a conversation with me in five minutes. So I know that's going to help you, but, but because you can't get there yet because you've got two jobs and one of them you've got to fire real soon, but you can't fire them until you get your first deal or two, okay? But see, when you do that, Sean, what's going to happen? The light bulb is going to come on. See, there's an old saying. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I promise you, the teacher will appear with a vengeance, and you will go out there and be successful in your real estate career and your real estate business, but you've got to take it one step at a time. But right now, you have enough information with that home study course to be able to be dangerous. I mean, dadgum dangerous. And so when you're going to go out there and, and, and talk to sellers, because you know the hardest part in, in this business is it's actually getting started. Most people, yeah. even on this call right now, have a lack of getting started. They can't get started because they're afraid that that phone that weighs 500 pounds, they're afraid that this phone is going to be like a snake, viper snake is going to bite them in the ear when somebody tells them no. All you got to do, Sean, is understand the process is everybody going to tell you no anyway. You only care yeah, well, about the that's, one that's or two not what people. I'm worried about. Yeah. That's not okay. what I'm worried about. My my main thing is, is kind of like the thinker brain issue. I mean, not that I have to have all the answers, but I right. understand it a little bit in case they start asking me questions. I'm like, uh, you know, like I don't know what I'm talking about. And then they, well, and like, you know what you're talking about. You know, and then they, obviously they don't want to go with me. I, I want to kind of make sure I understand a little bit what I'm, what I'm talking about when I go in there. To right. People. And that's why we got the script. And that's why we have scripts to help you be able to, Understand, because, see, you're learning a new language, okay? You're learning a new profession. And so you have to be able to understand there's certain ways and certain terminology that we understand and we know that we can explain to the seller. Because sometimes the seller's going to say, well, what do you mean by lease option? What is that? You know, what do you mean by taking over my debt subject to? Or what do you mean by owner's finance or carry the paper? So we talk about those terms because we're in the business, but the sellers don't understand that. So we got to break things down kindergarten style so that they understand. Because you being a thinker brain and – Sometimes we may think that people understand the way we understand, but they really don't. They don't. And so we have to make sure that they understand that whatever we're trying to do is going to be good for them, okay? It's got, we're here to try to create a win-win situation, and the way we create a win-win situation, Sean, is by asking questions. And asking questions, he or she who asks the questions are in control of the conversation, and we will ask questions that we will already know the answer to. We're just trying to get them to understand, here, I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you. What can I do to help? Because, what, what see, a lot of these people we're targeting, mm. most of them are frustrated with the houses that they're in and they're getting out of there and they've been wanting to sell for a long time but they just didn't know how to do it. And here you come in with a superhero cape, okay, with a big old S on your chest, and you're going to save the day. You're not there to try to rip anybody off or screw anybody over. You're here to do something with a situation where you can create win-win, win for them, they can move on with their life because they're tired of the house that they're dealing with for years. You win because you make money, and the end buyer, whether it's a tenant buyer or a person that, you know, buys the property from you, they're winning because they're going to get a great-looking house, and that means we're going to create three winning situations, and that's wonderful. So oh, wonderful. I'll, I'll tell you what, once I, once I get started in something, though, I'm like, uh, 
you know, I, I, you know, I come up with all kinds of ideas and I'm, and, and I try to go full force into it. And that's what, <laughs> that's why I'm really excited about this business. Cause once I understand it, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go full force into it. And, and, you know, I, I love it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I, I do have another couple of questions though, if you have a chance. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. What, 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 what should I get an LLC or land trust? I've heard two different things now with these, but I haven't really heard a difference or the pros and cons of them. Get both. You need both. See, a land oh, trust you, is not an entity. Okay. A land trust is not an entity. It's a, it allows you to be able to put your, your properties in a land trust, but a land trust is not an entity where it's like a corporation. It's not that. It protects you as a land trust where, you're, where you have a, a trustee, okay, that, that, uh, okay. that's – taking over the property. So that's a whole different course in itself, but you need both. You should have both. You, you're in California, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. And so here's what happens. In California, we have a, and I'm in here too, California, and we have a lot of smart attorneys. I think we got probably more than 60% of the attorneys in this country are probably in California. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you got a lot of smart lawyers out there, but they have, they have no idea what the heck they're talking about when it comes to land trust. A lot of these folks... We deal with land trust typically on the East Coast and the Midwest, stuff like that. But that's okay. Land trust works perfectly fine out here, okay? LLC, okay. they work perfectly fine too. Now, you have to determine if you want an LLC. I think you should get an LLC. I have an LLC. I have a few LLCs. But you don't need an LLC for every property, okay? You don't need to do all, you know, buy an LLC oh. for each property. But that's just going to create a whole tax nightmare for you. But you definitely want to consult with your tax planner and your, your, your business attorney to make sure that you're putting together the proper entity depending on what you are planning on doing. Like the previous caller was a wholesale. They want a wholesale, which means they're not taking title to anything. They're flipping a property as fast as they can get the paper. So they don't need, you know, a land trust because they're not putting anything in any type of paper, you know. So, I mean, they're not taking title to anything. But in your case, because you're either probably looking at pretty house deals where you're going to turn around and sell them on lease options and things like that nature, mm-hmm. uh, you may want that, and that's going to help you overall. So, so I need an LLC yeah. and a land trust. Right. Just, and there, and that, land trust is easy. You can make up a land trust out of thin air very easily. Is that something I, I create or is that something an attorney creates for me? Or? Something, something you can create very easily. Simple form to fill out. Matter of fact, you can go to the Gold Club website. They may have some samples on there. But the LLC, you need to go to the state of California. Matter of fact, only in Sacramento – in California is where you can get a land trust. You can't get it anywhere else. You can't get it in San Diego. You can't get it in L.A. Now, you can go and fill the paperwork online in California, but you have to either mail it in or have a, you have a, have a company hand deliver it for you because let me tell you something. Here's my experience. In California, when you mail something to California, it gets lost in the black hole. It could take you several months before you get your LLC set up. And mm-hmm. so you got several different entities and companies out there that will help you walk that thing through so you can get it expeditiously, okay? California okay. doesn't allow you to do LLCs in any other part of the state other than Sacramento. They all manage and operate out, out of there. Huh. Interesting. Because that friend of mine who's also a real estate uh, person, uh, investor, mm-hmm. did a, did a uh, uh, LLC and she mailed it, U.S. mail. Well, it took her nine months huh. to get her LLC back. I don't think you want to wait nine months to get in business, right? No, so I would have to physically go there? No, you don't. There are entities, there's companies out there that would do it for you. You just have to locate those companies online. They're oh, out there actually in Sacramento, and they will. all you got to do is email, fax, the information over that you want, send it to gotcha. paperwork to them for a fee, they'll do it for a fee. So not a lot of money, but it's it's enough to be able to save you nine months. How about that? 
Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That good enough? Any, yeah. You got another question? Or is that it? Well, just two more real quick ones. Um, why should I tell the seller investor? Um, in other words, when I start talking to a seller, if I'm starting yeah. to talk to a seller uh, about his house, buying his house, uh, at what point should I say? that I'm an investor, like kind of in the beginning or kind of when I meet him at the house or because I don't want him to all of a sudden flip out and say, oh, you're an investor, you know, and I've already got things halfway going. Um, I understand. (laughs) Well, here's the deal. First of all, always be transparent, okay? Tell the truth and shame the devil, okay? We we don't have nothing to be ashamed about about being a real estate investor. I know you're not. I know you're not ashamed, but Mm – and I know you – you're just basically just having the conversation. And is that is okay to be upfront with sellers about, hey, you know what, I'm a real estate investor. Um, you know, I'm never I'm, – I'm, and you're not a licensed agent, right? No, no, I'm not an agent. Okay. Mm-hmm. No because if you, were, you still, if you were, you would have to disclose that. But, but, but uh, it's okay. You can let them know that you're a real estate investor and you have a – it's okay to say, hey, I have a list of uh, potential buyers that would want to uh, purchase and live in the house you know, are looking to relocate to the area. And in your area where you are, you know, people relocate to move to those areas to retire. And so there's some people who may be looking for a home that you may identify that may be great. Um, okay. um, so you just have to be tell them what you're doing, and it's okay. Tell them, be upfront about it. They, they appreciate that. It's, it's, you know, sometimes they'd rather deal with you than we deal with a real estate agent. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> okay, one, one more last quick question for you. Um, I came across yeah. an ad the other day in, on Craigslist, and it was about a seller who was trying to sell his home to an investor, but they wanted the investor to lease option the property back to him since his credit was no good so he can get refinanced better at a later time. Is that a good deal or not a good deal? Okay. Let me just say this again. Okay. So write it down to me again so we can do it one more time. So you have okay. somebody who it has – it was on Craigslist. It was an ad on Craigslist for a gentleman who was selling his house. Um, he wants to sell his house to an investor, but then he wants the investor to lease option the house back to him so at some point in the future when his credit gets better, he can buy it back again. Well, that, that to me is a recipe for disaster, I believe, believe me. Um, okay. Because, number one, he's in a situation right now where mm-hmm. – He's probably losing the house, or he's behind. For some reason, he got behind. And he can't, get, and he needs somebody to bring him, bring him back current. Okay. And so, okay. what we do, we do not like leasing back to the previous owner or selling back to the previous owner, especially when you have credit issues like that, because that mm-hmm. just defeats the purpose. You know, you basically try to give this guy a a, 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 a mulligan, if you will, to start all over mm-hmm. and. If he got in trouble once, what makes he think he's not going to get in trouble again? This time you have investors' money on the line. You don't want to be in that position. So in that case, I'd probably say move on next or we can't, do the, we can't release back to you. You won't lease back to him anyway because here's the deal. If I'm going to lease back to somebody, as a, I'm, I'm selling somebody as a, as, a, as a lease option. I'm selling to a tenant buyer for a higher price and a more money down. And, then, you know, Correct. if I'm, giving, I'm buying from him, how am I buying from him? Is he selling to me on terms? Or is he selling to me on cash? I'm not going to buy a house from him cash and then turn around and lease back to him. I got money out. I got to get that money back. If I got to, if mm-hmm. I got to do a lease option, if I got to give him a down payment so he can catch up his note and then lease back to him, 
uh-uh, I want to be able to give him a down payment if I have to give him a down payment or no give him a no down payment, and then turn around and give me a tenant buyer that's going to give me a bigger down payment, Sean, so that way I can go off and make money because we are a for-profit business. We're not a nonprofit. We're not trying to give money away and, 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 and rescue folks and say kumbaya. We're, this is a business. So, mm-hmm. you know, he got in trouble once. He'll get in trouble again. So I, tell you, I would say pass on that deal, move on to the next, because I can tell you this. The deal of the century comes along at least once a week, and you just have to be prepared, prepared understand that they're there, identify them, and, and execute. Either close quickly or whack them fast, okay, and get rid of them, move on to the next call. Sounds good. And that's exactly what I kind of thought on that case. That's why I just wanted yeah. to ask you and run it by you and see. I appreciate all your help, buddy, and uh, – and uh, I look forward to really moving in this business. So you'll be hearing from Perfect. me again. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Who's next? Hi. Good evening. This is Amul. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I have a couple of quick questions. Number Welcome one, to the call, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, number one, I've run into a property owner who wants to sell his property. Uh, the property is several acres. It's right in the middle of a residential area and has one house on it. My question there is, how, or rather, what's involved in buying the entire property with several acres and just one house on it and potentially subdividing it for other residential units, either single-family homes or uh, a multifamily situation? Now, how are you acquiring the property? Are you acquiring it through terms? Or are you acquiring it uh, on cash? Or are they sell a carry back or what? Um, both avenues are open. I'm actually currently negotiating to see which, which way they would like to go. My preference, of course, would be terms. Right, right. Now, before you execute on something like that, understanding, I understand exactly what you're saying. You have a, a, a block that's pretty big with some properties on it, and you may want to be able to subdivide it and sell them off and do some other things with them, right? Correct. Now, you definitely would have to do some due diligence, some serious due diligence, because uh, this is something that I know Ron LeGrand has done before in the past and been very successful at it, and uh, there's a lot of money that can be made at it if you do it right. And But you definitely want to get a land, some kind of land survey person or a civil engineer, if you will, to be able to find out what can you do with this property, okay? Can you subdivide it? Can you sell it off? Can you, you know, what would they be zoned for? Check with the city. Check with the county. Find out what you can do. So there's a lot of homework that you have to do because, and that homework sometimes will cost you money, okay, to do the background work to figure out who's going to put, who's going to be involved in it. You got to have a civil engineer. You got to have some type of an architect involved. You got to have the city uh, planners uh, involved determine what you can and what you can't do based on the city rules because if you subdivide it and set up the lot, you want to make sure your setbacks are right for what you can build. And then at that point, you're not saying that you're going to build it, but you can sell those lots off, you know, uh, at parcels for a certain price based on what the city can approve you to do or the county, depending on what's in. Now, you're in Jacksonville. Are these properties in Jacksonville? Yes, they are. Uh, definitely, uh, that, that's a that's a – uh, a good area to be in. Uh, it's up and coming. Uh, but you, have you done any homework on it yet as pertains to talking to a civil engineer or not? 
I haven't, actually. That was the reason for the question, so as to what homework needs to be done. Yeah, I would start off with an architect, civil engineer, and, and the city planner in that area where that property is, and, 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 and pull up everything, document you can on it, and it, as well as the title, too. What's the title hold? How is the title held? You know, what is it zoned for right now? You know, find out these things. And, you know, a, sometimes you may have to get a, uh, what do you call it, a uh, um, soil sample. So you want to make sure those, those, that lot you're in, depending on, you know, how big it is, it's not, not going to be any uh, sinkhole situation occurring down the line. So you want to maybe get a soil sample. So there's a lot of little homework that you have to do. But those people that I talked about, the civil engineer, the architects, the, uh, the, you know, or even, even a drafter or something like that, not that you got to design something right now, but you want to see what you can do with the lot. So maybe your architect might be premature, but they might have somebody as an architect or, uh, or a uh, drafter, they might be able to point you in the right direction to what civil engineer can help you uh, um, figure this thing out, you know, because, okay. you know, it, it could be millions of dollars or more depending on how big it is and what you can do. So what part – is this in Jacksonville? Yes, sir. Okay. And how, how big is the lot again? I believe it's like eight or nine acres. Eight or nine acres. And it's got something on it right now, right? One house and one barn. One house. One barn. So, you, so do you, have you figured out what the zoning is yet right now, the current zoning? It is residential. It is residential. See, man, yeah. you, got, you, got a, you got something going on there. You know, what, what, is that an area where the city is doing a, a, some development over there? Uh, everything around that has pretty much been developed. This is like one right. of the older uh, properties that somebody had had for probably decades. Wow, okay. Well, I know. I was just in Jacksonville just this past weekend. I can tell you, man, and now you know, you know, there's been a it's, it's changed a lot since even off the freeways and areas there. They've taken a lot of trees and developed a lot of different areas in Jacksonville, making everything wide, the freeway system, and, and some new homes are going in, uh, new developments, and high-end homes are going in there, and they're, you know, you know, the part in and around Jacksonville. So there's some major changes going on. If, if you got the ear to this, the ear to this seller, you definitely want to keep them. You know, I mean, what would you be willing to pay for the property? What do you think it's worth? And that, it's a very difficult question because there are no such uh, land tracks left around that area. They are very rare. Right. So the only comps I could potentially get would be for the house, but that doesn't take into account the value of the land itself. Right. Okay. Or the current okay. value, I should say. All right. Well, uh, if I, that's a start. Yeah. I think that's a start. That can start you off. Um, you know, definitely check with a civil engineer, and, and they may be able to point you in some other directions to where you need to go next if you're going to develop this land. Now, understand, the big word, the big D word called development, you know, obviously you've you got to have some, some deep pockets or have somebody have some deep pockets. Rather you get it on a – owner finance and getting terms, that's a start. That's great, you know, on the purchase, but then there's going to be some other things and costs that's going to be involved in it too. You just don't want to jump into something so fast, so quick, that you don't have a way out, okay? So that's why okay. you do your research, do your due diligence best you can. 
All right. Uh, we'll do. Uh, if I yes. may, the second question also is an yeah. unusual situation. Okay. Uh, this is this is an area which is uh, residential, and in that in that area with all new houses, new as in built in the last uh, fifteen twenty years, and some of right. them built in the last five years. There are these little pockets which have manufactured homes on them. Uh, these are from centuries ago, probably. Now, the, a situation has come up where one of these lots that doesn't even have a street number yet is up for sale, and the lot next to it with a mobile home on it is also for sale. Now, each of these lots are like 60 foot wide. And right. I think, uh, let me see some 120 or 130 feet deep each. Now, my question is, it's, it's, a, it's right in the middle of a residential area. With either of these, how, what would be involved in either uh, removing those, uh, in, in one case, a home, and in one case, there's nothing on the lot, and building regular homes on it and or buying boats combining them and building a multifamily unit on it? Well, well, that's a good question, and um, thank you for that. The question is, I mean, what you want to determine is what is it zoned for? Is it zoned for manufacturer homes or is it zoned for single-family homes? Okay, I'd like to find that out. Because that's going to tell you if you're going to be able to tear those manufacturer homes down and build a traditional uh, home on, on, the, on the property. And that's who you're going, to, you're going to check with the planning department or the building department, and they're going to with the city or the county, whatever, who, who's ever controlling that area there, and they'll be able to tell you what you can and what you can't do. So get, you got the address of, of, the, of the location, and then go to the city and say, hey, you know, this is a manufactured home. You know, is it possible for me to do a traditional-type home? And it does, it, does a reclassification of the zoning needs to take place or not? Or can I just have a, get a variance uh, and build a uh, uh, ground-up uh, traditional home? Mm. And they may say yes or they may say no. So you just got to be able to uh, ask the question to the city or the county, whoever controls that building department, and they'll be able to guide okay. you because it sounds, sounds good, but, you know, a lot of folks don't want to have a manufactured home. But they want those single family, they want the regular single family homes. But the problem is, you got to make sure the city's on board with rezoning those areas because they may have rezoned that area for for a particular reason. And so, and sometimes the city council or the board of supervisors have to meet and confer and vote on uh, what they're going to change in a particular area. You just can't go in there, talk, tearing things down and building something else up without the city knowing about it. So you want to make sure before you take that plunge that you do your homework on that. Okay. All right. I shall do right. so. Sounds Thank good. You so much. Thank you for your call. All right. Who I got in the Hi, call? Uh, Mary Ann from California. Mary Ann from California. All right. Same place you're from. Okay. I what have part of California are you in? What part? Orange County, Garden Girls. Oh, Lord. Have mercy. You down the street. <laughs> I thought so. Okay. And your, uh, your, your name is? My name is Alton Jones, 10 feet tall and okay. bulletproof. 
Okay. All right, Alton. All right. I have some quick questions. I think all you need to do is say yes or no. Um, yes or so no. First, yeah, yes or no. Okay, so my first one is if I lease option from a seller and sublease to a buyer and the buyer is ready to cash out, um, from what I understand, I'm, I could be wrong, the buyer is not obligated to get a title policy, but if I use an escrow company here in California, they won't close without a title policy. So is that the reason why I would go to an attorney to close? No, you still get a title policy. That, you don't make it an option for the buyer. That's what you do. You're selling the property to the buyer. You're the seller, okay? So you, you want to make sure. Now, if you're acquiring this property on the lease option, right, and then you're going to turn around and sell it to a tenant buyer, but you're saying the tenant buyer is going to cash you out immediately, right? Oh, no, not immediately. Let's say, uh, okay. you know, they have a three-year three lease, and within a year okay. they're going to cash out. Okay, and so you bought it on the, you bought it from your your, your seller from a lease, on a lease option, and you're going to sublease to your tenant buyer, right? Correct. Yes. And so you're going to turn around and and sell it to them. Guarantee you want to get a title policy. Okay. Oh, Definitely. Okay. You make it a requirement. Oh. That's what's got to happen. We want to make sure title is transferred clear. See, remember, you're never going to be on title on this property. Okay. Right. It's going to go from the seller to the to the tenant buyer. But you're the person the in the middle. Right. So you, it's just, you just tell them, hey, that's how we do business. And you're going to go to escrow. Yes, you can consult with your attorney on it. But at the end of the day, I know in California, that's just the way it is. We got to go through escrow and title, and they're going to want to require it. And guess what? Okay. That seller's going to want to require it too. And who pays for it? Okay. Who uh, well, the seller, normally pays, the seller normally pays for that. Okay, so in the contract, that's how I would lease you, it. From you can the, write it up. You you can write it up. The seller pays for it, or you can write it up as the buyer pays for it. If the buyer agrees to pay for it, what does he care? He's, it's part of him getting the house. Right. And that's he agreed to. Right. Uh-huh. It's agreed to up front. So you can get that agreement up front in your contract when he's doing a lease option, okay, and he wants to buy it and cash it out in two years. Part of his contract in the beginning was that he was going to pay for it. It's in the contract. You just put it in the contract. Okay, great. Now, number two is, um, let's say during 90 days the seller is making, uh, I do a, the same thing, lease option from the seller, sublease to a tenant buyer, and I give 90 days to, um, you know, to find a buyer. Uh, the seller is making their payments, and if, let's say, uh, I, I install a tenant buyer, and I don't need 90 days. I find one in two weeks or three weeks, okay? Um, now, does, that, does it mean that the first two months that the seller is still making the, the two months payments, even though I get a tenant in there right away and I get rent? How does that work? I could tell you. I could tell you. It's, uh, there's an old saying, when I come from the police department for many years, and you can, you know, take it the way you want, but dead men tell no tales. And that's a funny way of saying seller don't need to know. You've already agreed with the seller of what they're about to pay. What you got with your tenant buyers, the fact that you move fast and got somebody quickly, that's money in your pocket. That's your money. Okay. And the seller is going to continue to pay as agreed that you and he or she, he, she or she agreed to up front. So if they're going to pay the first two payments on the mortgage, great. doesn't matter if you got somebody in there a week later. You're going to keep the money because you've just been very good at what you do. And God bless you for doing it. 
Okay. Number three, do you know what happens if I lease option from a seller and sublease to buyer and the seller files bankruptcy? <sighs> Is that going to be a yeah. problem with the tenant buyer? Well, it could be. It could. It could be a problem. Absolutely, it could be a problem. On the, the short end, yes. Um, so this is one of the reasons. Why, so the question is, why is he filing bankruptcy? Is it and is it including the house? So a lot of things you want to get cleared up front, up front before you close on something like that. Are you getting a property that this guy was in trouble with, and you're trying to get him bailed out? Because yeah, uh, a foreclosure could be a factor when this person goes to try to cash out, but this guy this BK you know, hanging over him. It could be an issue, but it doesn't have to be. It's all about communicating. And then that's why you have your attorney representing you to make sure all the things are, are crystal clear. And you can always check right. with title too, to, you know, make sure that those things are going to work out. You don't want that to be a, uh, a damper on your transaction. Right. Well, let's say a year goes by and nothing happens and all of a sudden something happened to the seller and he either is going to file foreclosure or or bankruptcy, and I've collected a down payment from the tenant buyer. What happens to that down payment? That's, Does the tenant buyer get kicked out? And I have no, not charge. necessarily. No, because you have, a, you have a contract, you have an agreement, those things are going to be spelled out, and those things are going to be presented to the bankruptcy court either way. doesn't matter if you file bankruptcy or not. Have your attorney, you know, mm -hmm. as long as your paperwork's tight, have you, everything is documented. Everything from your contract for the seller, you the seller, to your contract from you and the, and the buyer. Okay, all that's legal work. That's a legal contract between y'all, you know, your, you and the seller, and you and the buyer. And it doesn't matter what happens in this life after the fact because it's dated. All those contracts are dated when you bought it, and they're dated when you sold it to your tenant buyer as a lease tenant buyer. And whatever happens in this life happens in this life. Don't let don't let his problems be your problems. If his problems his problems. That's why you have your attorney, and your attorney, no matter if he files bankruptcy or not, that contract's going to be able to be looked at by the bankruptcy court as probably something separate. Oh, okay. okay. That's, but that's why, you, that's why you have your attorney review it, okay? Even before, matter of fact, you start doing your first deal, you, you can ask your attorney that same exact question, you know? And, okay. and a typical attorney you're going to need probably is a bankruptcy attorney to an, answer that question. Oh, okay. okay. Same thing with a foreclosure or bankruptcy. Just yes. just to ask yes. my uh, attorney beforehand. What if? What if? What can we do to to solve that problem Absolutely. ahead of time? Yes, ma'am. Okay. You'll okay. be in good shape. And now here's the other one. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see number. See the seller signs their paperwork. All right. All right. So number five. If you were, if I were to do an owner finance deal with a seller and I decide to close and buy the house before I find a tenant buyer. And let's say I told the seller um, I'll pay him $5,000 down and, um, I, and that, I, that I agreed to make the closing costs because he's not going to get a whole lot down. Once I close, let's say within three days I close, I buy it, I now own the property, that's when I have to give him his down payment? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, Before absolutely. Because you're you're doing it, you're buying it uh, on owner finance or taking over debt subject to. Uh, oh, owner finance. Yeah. See, if he's owner finance, remember he's the bank. Right. So. So. So if he's owner finance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to have that five thousand and give it to him before I even find the absolutely. ten buyers. Okay. Yeah, because all that's going to be enrolled in escrow. All that, all your paperwork and documentation is going to be in escrow. Your money's going to be in escrow, so on and so forth. 
okay? However, remember, you can control the buyer. I mean, you control the seller. It means you control the buyer. So don't have to be rushing to get your $5,000 in there. See, what I would do is I'd put $10 in escrow. That gets your escrow going. You can drag your escrow out as long as you want to, you know, do it. If you can't find, you tell the guy, hey, we're going to close escrow when I find my tenant buyer. Or are you going to close escrow in, say, 60 days? Great. Or 30 days. Doesn't matter. Gives you some time because when you find out, you know what, I don't want to buy this house. I changed my mind. How much do you have at risk? Right. The earnest deposit. $10. See, see, yeah, you only need the, all the rest of your, yeah, that's only, only you need the rest of the money when you find your tenant buyer. As a matter of fact, sometimes you can get your tenant buyer to give you the money before you even close escrow. But don't that's be so okay. rushed to get your money in there. Just $10, yeah, that's $100, that's about, about the much you need. Right. That's the way I would do it if I do my first deals because I don't yep. have the money. Yeah, okay. Um, now I want you to understand, other- so always, always say, I don't have no money. By the way, you can't lose money. Ron LeGrand says if you don't write big checks, you can't lose big checks. So don't write right. big checks. Write little small $10 checks. Yes, I agree. Okay, here's my other. If, if I um, have a lease option and sublease and I find a tenant buyer and I make an appointment to meet the, the, to meet the buyer, oh, no, the buyer to meet the attorney's office, all the paperwork is done, will the seller know how much I collect as a non-refundable option deposit before? The seller signs his paperwork or after the fact? Oh, what kind of deal is this? A seller is a, uh, you're going from a, a, a to lease, B, B to C? Yeah, I lease oh. option from a seller and sublease to a tenant buyer. No, your seller ain't got to know nothing. It's a separate deal. Okay, they don't need so to know anything. Happens, so what happens is uh, it's like a simultaneous closing at the same day or so. Well, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Okay. You're talking about lease options, okay? Well, you know, yeah. they're, they're like two different worlds, two different plans. They're lease option, remember, because you're not getting the title. You're right. exchanging titles. There's no escrow. There's none of that. All this is you and your attorney doing paperwork, okay? So okay. you do paperwork with your, your seller, paperwork done. Then the next day or the next hour, you do your paperwork with your buyer. If you've got somebody already, you do your paperwork. They don't need to know that, you know, I tell you, my lease options, I don't get a seller nothing, maybe first and last. That's it. It's like a regular tenant. But my tenant right. buyer is going to give me a big, giant, fat, juicy check down. The right. seller don't know about it. Is the seller happy getting first and last? First. Yeah, they'll get first and last or first and security. That's equal to maybe two payments, if that, right? And I'm going to get right. a big, giant 10% check down from the property. And you know in California, especially Orange County, your average price is over the medium home price is almost $600,000. Right. Imagine getting 10% down on that, sixty grand. Right, right. I'm only giving okay. two payments, and so you're good. You maybe two payments could be somewhere about three, four thousand dollars. You give them three, okay. four thousand dollars, and you're getting sixty. You're happy. That's what I thought. I, I I figured that he's not going to be able. The seller won't know because I I signed the paperwork with the seller. We're done with him. The next hour, the next day, boom, the paperwork is done with the tenant buyer. I collect the the non-refundable option deposit and. Sometimes, you know, with at least purchase, like I think Ron says, normally they don't um, give any down unless that's the only way you're going to get the deal and it's not a lot, correct? That sounds like a script from Ron LeGrand. Yes, it does. <laughs> See, you've, been paying, you've been paying attention. That's good. Yeah, I've been, watching, I've been listening to a lot of the questions. Okay, I think that helps me with um, 
There is um, on the uh, agreement, I don't know, you might have to have it in front of you to know what I'm asking, but uh, on the lease, on the sandwich lease, on the yeah. lease agreement, uh, on number 10, it talks about a title examination, time for closing. Oh. And in the middle of the paragraph, it says the transaction will, will be closed and the deed and other closing papers delivered, Ron says, in about 90 days after the date of acceptance unless extended by other conditions uh, of this agreement or this agreement is canceled by buyer. So that means that if I don't find a tenant buyer within 90 days, I owe nothing other than the $10 earnest deposit. To that's it. That's all, you, that's all you risk. That's all you risk. Okay, I just want to make sure that's what it says. Good. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. And then on, on number 18, it says additional terms and agreement and conditions. Ron said to insert this sentence if there is a loan on the property, and it says a buyer will make the first payment on the third month after closing. And then that's the same thing. Seller will make two payments after closing. That's right. That's like buying, buying yourself 90 days. Yes, okay. And, and again, um, like you says, that uh, no matter what, whether I find a tenant sooner or later, the seller still is going to make the first two months payments. Yes, ma'am. That's it. That's what okay. you do. See, it's assumptive. Now, what if the seller fights you on it and decides, you know what, I don't want two months. I only want one month. Okay, that's right. Okay, that's fine. You don't lose yeah. the deal because, you know, that situation. Cause, cause you go, right. Could you get some pushback from the seller? Sure you can. Okay. But we okay. go in it as a we assume this is how it's done. This is how we normally do it. It's right. a, as, a, as, as a matter of fact, that's how we do it. And in, if that's the case, great. If not, we just move on, you know? Okay. okay. Great. Well, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate the answers. I, I know I had a lot of questions, but I get it now, so thank you. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I helped you. Thank you so much, and go out there and get another one. <laughs> i got to get my first one <laughs> first. Okay, no okay. problem. We're looking out for you. Thank you. All right. Jake. Hey, is that without taking you out speaker? All right, cool. Um, all right, cool. So I was actually um, I had kind of a quick question. I don't know if you can answer it. I'm in Arizona, and um, I was wondering if you could kind of like run me through a list of the things I need to check. I haven't done my first deal here or anything like that. But like I know you need to check like uh, the transfer tax fees, uh, like FAH, FHA, like loan amounts. You know what I'm talking about? Like all those things you need, you need, you need to know and check once. Yeah. You you needed to check it for what reason? Right. Like just so um like just so I know I know like uh, Ron Legrand is saying like uh, I think it's like Maryland or something like that when you transfer right. what property. Right. What state are you in? What state you know, are you I'm in? I'm in Arizona. I'm in Arizona. Arizona. Okay. Okay. And you? Right. I'm sorry. I'm, what's the question again? Yep. 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 So. Um, well, then, uh, Ron, Ron was saying that like some states have like ridiculous transfer tax fees, like when you transfer. Oh yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. Basically, so like things like that, I want to check for uh, like FHA amounts. And I know in like um, uh, some some states it's like a land contract or it's like a warranty to deed to trustee. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like the just like the basic things that you need to know for your state. Do you have like a list of those that you could, that you could no, give? I don't I, know if you do or no. not. I don't know, but I know that a lot of the Gold Club website does have a tremendous amount of information on there. There may be something on there regarding that. Uh, and, you know, remember, some of these rules and law regulations change from state to state by, and year to year. So, um, you know. Well, I mean, so whatever, do you have like a 
like a things you should know list. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if you know, I'm not asking right here. Well, here's the deal. Number one, what market are you going to be in? Are you looking at buying foreclosures or are you not looking at buying foreclosures? No, 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 no. So if you're not looking at buying foreclosures, why are you worried about that? You shouldn't be worried about stuff that don't concern you and your business because it doesn't really fundamentally help you. I I don't want to know about stuff that I'm not going to be facing in in the world. I don't buy foreclosed properties that are pre-foreclosures. I may buy an REO, which has already been foreclosed by the bank, but I'm not going to buy a pre-foreclosure property because there are a lot of rules and regulations involved in that. And there's just too much other properties out there. I buy a lot of free and clear property, high equity properties. I don't worry about an owner that's desperate in desperate situations. But if, Jake, you are going to target people who are distressed or distressed uh, properties. No, I, I don't know. If, maybe, I didn't, maybe, I didn't, maybe, I, maybe you just – I didn't mean to say foreclosure. I, I, I think you might have – I might have been asking FHA, like loan qualifications, like the requirements for that. Well, well, yeah, okay. I I, I'm not there. asking about now, that. Like, maybe, the, maybe I'll ask this one more time. Like, this is the only question I had. I just, just it's just like, a, it's just like a, you know, like, like for example, I was, I was talking about earlier. Like, uh, Ron Legrand was saying, like, uh, he doesn't really, he would prefer not to do. And I don't know if this is accurate, or whatever. But he said he would prefer not to do um, a uh, um, a owner financing, or a, he'd rather do a lease option because the the transfer tax, like when you transfer that name. The, the seller's name into out of the property and you put your name on the title, right? Right. Bear with me. That that there's such a high transfer tax, that there's such a, there's such a high fee for doing that that you have to pay for the right. state. Depending so that, on the that state. Was like one of those, well, right, exactly, exactly. And that was and one of those things that, you, that yeah. he wanted you to check for. So I was wondering if right. there was more things like that, like a kind of like a checklist of that. Oh, man, there's a list of, there's a list of, may I should say a list, there's a litany of things that you could know, should know, don't want to know, but you got to know out there. And, and, and sometimes it can be very confusing. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it can be very confusing, but you just got to take, take the situation and, and, it, and, and deal with it what it is. It, whatever's in front of you, deal with that situation what's in front of you. Uh, I would say about FHA, you should get with a, uh, a mortgage broker and find out about some of the rules that are about FHA because sometimes you may have to deal with an FHA buyer who may buy one of your properties and cash you out. And you want to know – are they going to be able to cash you out? Let's say a tenant buyer comes in one of your properties you want to buy, then all of a sudden two years later they want to cash you out, but they're going to get an FHA loan. Would you Should you know now about FHA, what the rules are? Does the house, do they qualify enough, or is FHA going to make you jump through some hoops as a seller to make sure it meets the loan requirements? So, yes, there's a litany of things that you could know about FHA, foreclosure, pre-foreclosures, bankruptcies, you name it. Um, but... I only face those things when they come to me. Now, I know the Gold Club website has a tremendous amount of information that's there. All you got to do is go to the search bar, type in what your question may be, and something may come up regarding that topic. It could be an audio uh, version of what Ron Agana spoke on or a video or something like that. So there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, I just go there and research it. But the good thing you can do is go to a local mortgage broker. And you're in Arizona, right? What part of Arizona are you in? I'm in Phoenix. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, say it again? Phoenix, Phoenix. Oh, you're in Phoenix, man. You out there with my mentors, bro. Have you gone to yeah. the Quick Start School yet? No, not yet. Man, you see, man, let me tell you, you wouldn't be asking these questions if you was at the Quick Start School. I promise you that. You need to get your family to the Quick Start School, number one, because if you go there, man, it's going to light you on fire. 
My mentors, Brian Lynette Wolf, is in Phoenix, Arizona. Man, they taught me everything I needed to know about the Pretty House business. As my mentor, I did eight deals just in mentoring with them because of the training that they've given me through mentoring coaching. Man, you cannot not I – mean, you look, everybody on this call, if you haven't gone to the Quick Start School, I've been to six of them, okay? Why? Because I was a slow learner, and I was hard-headed. Everybody needs to go to the Quick Start School by hook or crook. It is going to change your life. I would make it from just a little small six-figure income. We make over seven figures in our business today because I came to the Dadgum Quick Start School, okay? And it is no excuse for anybody, not in these United States in this time, to not make a six-figure, high six-figure income or even seven-figure income in a short period of time. All you got to do is have the information and the proper training and coaching that's going to help you get there. And I got it. That's why I'm on this call, folks. You think Raleigh Grant's going to leave anybody that don't know nothing about nothing to this call with all his students? I know a little bit about something, okay? And I learned it just in a very few short years ago, okay? And I guarantee you, I promise you, if you go there to the Quick Start School, it's going to change your life. I promise you that, and you'll, you'll thank me later, all right? So hopefully that answers your question, Jake. I hope you got a little bit. I think if you go to Mortgage Broker, learn a little bit about that uh, lending FHA stuff, that's going to help you and as well as go to the Go Club website and tap into that, brother. That's a great resource there. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks. All right. Good luck, buddy. Who's next? <clears throat> hey, hello. Uh, this is Ryan. Uh, I'm from California. How are you? Well, all these people come from California, man. Everybody from California. I got almost every call from California. Man, yeah, that's right. great. What yeah, part of California are you in? Yes, uh, we I'm are. What part? Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, <I'm just laughs> all right. No, yeah, Bay Area, man. You guys, you guys got some high-end properties out there. Exactly. Yeah, it's you know, uh, like a value like about two hundred k is selling for like seven hundred k. That's like uh, every day. See, that's good. That's good. What's your question? So my question is a couple of things. So first is, um, uh, you know, like as we, we we know, it's really hot in this area. Uh, do you have like you do you know anybody in this area kind of doing pretty well? Uh, maybe you know some alumni from Quick Start or you know some some friend of yours or maybe under the same uh, under Brian's uh, mental program that you know doing pretty well in the Bay Area. Um, just want to know like you know somebody I can reference to. Well, I can tell you, I don't know personally anyone in the Bay Area. I do know one guy I met over the weekend, but he's a he's wholesaling. He's a wholesaler, but I don't know anyone personally. I know there are folks up in the Bay Area because we do a, a quick start school in Seattle, and uh, I have good uh, friends of mine, uh, Michelle and Jeannie. They're in uh, actually, it's not the Bay Area, but they're in San Luis Obispo, but um, uh, what are you looking to do? Are you looking at buying pretty houses or what? Yeah, I want to, of course, pretty houses are always a good go first. Uh, I want to well, see well, test water with the pretty house first, right? Well, let me ask you something there, because mm -hmm. you, know, you know what's coming. Have you been to the Quick Start School yet? I know that's coming, but, I mean, uh, the, the closest is in Seattle. So I don't know, like, okay. uh, I, I saw you guys do some California ones, uh, but there was a long time yeah. ago. I'm just wondering why. Uh, it's because, like, uh, Ron's uh, system is more like for 
I see a lot of Texas and Florida, uh, and I know that we have a lot of new students from California, but we don't have an actual base in California. So just wondering why, and maybe like in the near future, you guys may have like a new uh, program going on, you know, in San Francisco, or San Jose, or LA, something like that. Well, well uh, man, man, I'm the base in California. I'm out here in California, moving and shaking. Let me tell you something. When I was mm-hmm. in, when I first started this business, I flew my fanny all the way out to Orlando, Florida, to learn about this business. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't care mm-hmm. where my flag was planted, wherever I was, my flag was planted. I made money, and so mm-hmm. doesn't matter if Ronald Grand's in California, New York. Uh, Kentucky, Washington, D.C., the information is the same. It doesn't gotcha. change but, but the dollar amount. So my point is, you got to – don't wait till I don't know when the Seattle boot camp is coming, but I can tell you this. Uh, there's, going, there's one uh, – let's see, where are we at, man? They got one in New Jersey. They got one April, uh, April 19th, matter of fact, coming up in Dallas, Texas. You should be at Dallas, Texas, or you should be – and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Orlando in July. You got Columbus, Ohio in June. You got mm-hmm. May. You got New Jersey. Man, I'm telling you something. I wouldn't wait to Seattle, and Seattle was going to be uh, what is that? Oh, they got one coming up in March. No, no, that's they just have one. They just have mm-hmm. one in March. You missed mm-hmm. that one. Got but that's okay. Yeah. But my point mm-hmm. is. You don't have to wait for these folks to come to California to go to the boot camp, okay? You Absolutely. you can get to wherever you got to go. I get pack a pack a plane, pack a bag, get on a plane, and come to learn. Because that's what I did, and because I did that a few short years ago, flew from California all by myself to Orlando, Florida. Didn't know nobody from I didn't know anybody from anywhere. Mm-hmm. I just came to learn, and from that point on. Man, I was on fire, and I, I went after this thing with a vengeance. So don't wait gotcha. tomorrow mm-hmm. because tomorrow may never come. Yeah. Okay? So what, I, I want to know, up. like, from your experience, uh, you know, like, uh, when, when, when do you start, like, you know, like, first getting, uh, getting, your, uh, getting to cook start, and then, you know, when, when is your first deal kind of, you know, uh, getting close? Yeah, let me tell you something. That's going to depend on you. It depends 100% on you because – I got deals coming in the first month, but gotcha. somebody else may take six months. It could mm-hmm. take longer. It's depending mm-hmm. on when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. Because you, you could be an analytical, asymmetric person. Me, I was a D-dynamic person. It was uh, fire-ready aim. I didn't care mm-hmm. that I had to mess it up. First of all, I knew I had to suck first. So if I sucked gotcha. first and I failed mm-hmm. forward, I move forward, and I learn from my mistakes what not to do so that I can get better at it. I knew that the majority of the people I said in my mind were going to tell me no, but I didn't care about that. It was wax on, wax off, like Karate Kid. Wax on, wax off. I was trying to get through the call to <laughs> yep. find a person who says, yes, I will sell mm-hmm. you my house, Mr. Alton Jones. A couple of things I needed to have, I needed to have Pat Live. I needed to have a VA. I needed to have Gold Club. I needed to have access to information, and I needed mm-hmm. to have a phone. And I had a pen, and I had a phone to call the sellers, and I had a pen to write it down, a contract. And eventually, yeah. in about six months of mentoring training with Brian on that Wolf, we did eight deals. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, so, uh, in, 
Yeah. Yeah. Another question I want to know, like, I appreciate that. Like, uh, thank you so much for that info. I want to know, like, um, you know, like the whole system is built on kind of real estate uh, attorney, you know, kind of, you know, Ron is always big on getting um, the, the attorney to do the closing deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, in California, we are escrow state. So I want to know how is that going to affect, you know, us, you know, in, in, the, in the state? Like, do we use both? Or like uh, different transaction, different period, at different point that we're using. Okay. You know, give me some so, insight so, on how you handle it. Right. Well, I'll handle it like this. I use both attorneys and I use escrow officers. Okay. Because here in California, you got escrow and title, right? That's primarily mm-hmm. typical real estate transaction. You open up escrow with an escrow company, and sometimes the escrow company could could be title. Um, but in a lot of other states like Texas, the South, Jacksonville, you know, uh, you know, some areas, they actually have the attorneys are like acting as the escrow officers because they take the contract, they take the deposits, they do all the paperwork, they get the title ran, and they do everything in their attorney office. We don't do that out here in California. Can you do it with an attorney here in California, the whole thing? Yes, you can. Cost you more, but you can do it. And it's okay to have your transaction run through an attorney. See. If you're going to buy a house, especially if you're doing owner finance, doing terms, don't you want a real estate investor? I mean, I'm sorry. Don't you want a real estate attorney to preview what you're looking at so you make sure you're making the right decision? It's okay to have a exactly. review by them, right? So you have your attorney review it. If your attorney chooses to help you close it, that's fine. But if they don't, fine. You get an escrow company and go through escrow company title and get it done. The key thing is yeah. make sure you get a clear title, okay, if uh-huh. you're taking possession of the title. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you're going to use attorneys is when you're doing lease options, lease with the option to buy from the, you know, and do a sandwich lease option. That you're going to do that all the time with an attorney. You're not going to do that with escrow because you're never going to take the title with respect to that. Okay, but if gotcha. you're taking title, you're taking over debt subject to. You're going to create owner finance. Yes, you want your attorney to review it. Absolutely. But sometimes you may have to use your escrow company. Because that's traditionally what sellers are using. That's how they close deals out here is through escrow and title. But guess what? Escrow and title, all title companies have attorneys in-house. That's the, that's, that's the reality. Title gotcha. companies couldn't be in business without having attorneys that's working in-house, the in-house attorney working for them. So you're going to be gotcha. having attorneys on your, on your behalf anyway, and the title company is not going to let you close a transaction unless you've done it right. That makes sense? Yeah. So uh, another thing is, what's the cost related? I mean, it's always good to have all, you know every everything possible, but you know, uh, regarding to cost control, you know, when we have in an escrow, you know, is it taking a percentage off, or is like a, a flat fee, you know, like a thousand dollars, three thousand dollars? What what what's that range? It's a, it's varies. I mean, so you remember you're in California, so you, and you're in the Bay Area, so you if you're in Northern California or Southern California, you're gonna pay out the nose. Okay, they they ain't mm-hmm. cheap. They'd probably be cheap in Bakersfield, but they ain't cheap in the Bay Area, and they ain't cheap in Southern California. All attorneys cost a lot. So you, I wouldn't probably pay more than 1000 or 1500 bucks. but everything is negotiable. Make sense? Yeah. You can negotiate yeah. I just wanted, like, on the ballpark, you like, how much you, you kind of get into. Like, what, what, what's your average kind of, like, transaction cost for, like, attorney or escrow? Well, depending on how many questions you're going to ask. Because I would tell you this, <laughs> if I'm an attorney and you ask me the question, I'm charging you up. I'm going to charge you a lot of money, but a person that's going to be like, let's go with the flow, just get this thing done, bang, 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 it's done. Cheap, low cost, out of the picture. But remember, you don't want to be the pain in the butt to the attorney because they charge you by the minute. Yeah, okay? Absolutely. So absolutely. You don't want to be paying out the door. So 
that's why you want to do your homework first before you hire the attorney and figure out because the attorney in two offices, two separate doors, I mean, same building, but two doors down, one could charge you 1000 bucks, one may charge you $2,000, depending on what your service you get. See, I know this. I learned this a long time ago. Price is only an issue in the absence of value. So if you have no value, I will question the price. But if someone's giving me a tremendous amount of value, which is information and pursuing through the price, I don't really care too much about the price as much. I'll pay a little bit more because I'm getting value. But if someone's going to shortcut me and they're going to have me jump through all these hoops, I'm going to question the, the price because if I'm doing all this legwork on my own, you know, why am I paying them? Got that makes sense? Um, yeah. Got you. My last question is uh, regarding to the pro- uh, mentoring program that you are doing with Brian and Lynette. Uh, uh, yeah. So how much, you know, like, I'm, I'm all looking at, you know, like uh, the cost of it. Like how much is it, uh, you know, as a, as a gold member and then you go in through the mentorship program, uh, is it cost per month or is a flat, you know, like, okay, this is like a, a year flat rate uh, or like a 10 deal and after 10 deal you, you go on your own? Like how is that structured? No, they, 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 have a, they, have a, they have a program. It's paid where you can pay it up front. You know, they have different programs depending on your situation. They actually have customer service reps that can help guide you through the program that's right for you. Some people pay all cash. Some people pay over payments. It's just depending on what you get on your program. You have mentoring and you have mastery. So there's a lot of different programs they have within the program, and that's where you have to call the customer service rep down at uh, Ronald Grant's uh, office and be able to get that information. And you may have that information even on the Gold Club site about mentoring. You should have somebody contact you uh, if you have questions about that. This is, not, this is not the call to do it on because I don't have that information. I don't sell it right. like that. I'm just telling you my own personal well, I'm experience. You to, I'm just wanting to know, yeah. like, what, what, what route do you go? You know, more like your experience, and I just want to learn from you, you know? Well, I mean, I'm a mentor, so I tell people they need to pay up front, get it done, and be done with it because the more you prolong the thing, you always question about how much am I paying per month. Just go ahead and bite the bullet, pay for it, and get it out the way. That way all you got to do is focus on is getting some deals. That's our whole focus as mentors, help you get deals. Because if you're getting Uh deals, that means you're making money. If you're making money, you're not worried about the cost. You don't worry about Mm -hmm. the cost if you're making money. You make sense. If you can make six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars this year, who cares if you pay thirty thousand dollars for mentoring? Right? Yeah. That was just a byproduct of getting where you need to go. So Mm -hmm. price Mm -hmm. is only an issue in the absence of value. So I would contact have contact the, the office there and they'd be able to explain the program that's right for you. Because everyone's different. Everyone learns differently. Some people don't know as much as you know. You sound like a very knowledgeable person, and you've done some homework, and everyone doesn't know as much as you know, so everyone's going to be at a different starting point. So don't let that stop you. Get out there and get after it. Contact Global Publishing down there, and they'll be able to give you a program that's right for you, and they'll be able to answer all the little uh, questions I'm sure you're going to you know, have for them. And you should have be prepared for it. Okay? Yeah, yeah, so I, one last question. I know I'm, I'm pretty long on this. I'm talking yeah, we actually are over the call, too. I got one more caller in the queue. I do want to get to them. I want to be respectful for the other callers that are still here, too. But uh, go ahead if it's real quick. Last one. Yeah, I just want to know. I, uh, I know right now you're thinking, I think, um, you know, helping uh, Ron's out. Do you know when Ron is coming back for the call? I don't know. I don't know his schedule. I know he's doing a lot. He just finished a boot camp over the weekend. I know he's doing another boot camp coming up again. So, I know we have a setup. He he likes to get his mentors out there because you know I don't I don't get on the call but maybe a couple of times a year. But we have a few mentors out there, so we want to get them introduced to some of the students out there, and we want to encourage you 
say, hey, I don't know how many times I say y'all need to get to the Quick Start School. If you haven't been to the Quick Start School, you, believe me, you need to see Ron LeGrand live, you know, person. That's going to be the best way to do it because watching videos is one thing, but hearing them live is another. And I'm telling you, it will absolutely change your life, and you will be absolutely on fire when you do it, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your call. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Ella. Hey, Ellen. Is it Ellen? Hey, Ellen. No, this is Stan. Oh, Remember okay. Me? Where are you calling from? Stan and Andrew from New York. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, what the heck is going you. on with you, man? I, look, I, uh, I know you must be making a million dollars out there in New York. Uh, yeah, we hope so. But we're trying. We're trying. We're on the way. You need to come out here. You need to come out to California, Stan. I will, uh, eventually, definitely, as soon as you make <laughs> enough money. Well, good, man. I'm glad you're on the call, man. I haven't heard from you in a while. I'm glad you uh, guess you got on the call, man. You, man, you guys are dynamite out there, man. Uh, I hope so. Anyway, here's my question. Uh, right now, we're doing work for equity, right? And in this right. work for equity strategy, our intention is to have tenant buyer to buy the materials and fix the house with it. But in case of the buyer's default, uh, money that he spends for materials, be, materials becoming his investment into the house, and thus it becomes his equitable interest. So now, instead of uh, eviction, I supposed to do foreclosure, or is there a remedy for that? Oh, I see. Hmm. Uh, now let me ask you something: Is work for equity, but have they taken title? No, no, no. Of course, we're okay. putting them uh, under the options, these options. Lease options, okay. Well, I mean, I know, yes. look, because I know you are in New York, and they got some rules that will make you, make you turn completely pale. Um, what does your attorney say about it? Uh, we didn't talk with the attorney. We didn't get to that point yet. Actually, I, I, think, I, attorney... I think my personal – here's what I think, Stan. I think because they don't have title, number one, you shouldn't have to do a foreclosure. But I understand New York is completely different, and they'll make you do things that you should not have to do just because, okay? But um, I do know that you should talk to an attorney on this matter because if you don't, it could get really bad. It, could be, it can get ugly really quick because of where you are in New York. And guess what? They're not landlord-friendly. They don't care about you investors. Mm-hmm. They're doing everything to make you jump through hoops and, and get you out of business. And, but I think you probably should consult your real estate attorney, okay, uh, with regards to the situation because they could make you do a foreclosure. That's going to cost you more money. It's easier just to do the eviction, right, Stan? Yes, absolutely. That's the way it should be. But sometimes some states require things on you that you probably shouldn't have, but we're different. Now, I tell you this. In California, that same situation stands. Guess what? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's an eviction. It's, it's no foreclosure. It's an eviction. They're out because you don't. That person never took title. Okay, they're doing mm-hmm. a lease option, which means they're a high paid renter, and you have the right to be able to kick them out for non payment of rent or breach of contract. Okay, right. That's exactly so, what we're gonna have. Right, and so I know that's the sweat equity. I know they put money into it. But those are the risks that they take when they do that. That's why you have it in your clause, in your, your agreement, that any work that's being done, they have to do it, and they're taking their responsibility in doing that. 
Okay? Have, have an ironclad contract that's going to spell that out in the agreement, that any monies that they put into the property on their own is, is basically like you're non-refundable. Repairs, okay. cost of repairs are non-refundable. You know, just like right. their deposit is non-refundable. So you may want to add right. that, uh, if you don't have it in your clause, add that into your clause so that you don't have to worry about that coming back on you in case you have right. to be victim. Yeah. The same reason why we're giving them a uh, break on the, pay- on the rent payment, right? Because right. rent payment is going to be lower than average in this area. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. I'm sorry. Um, okay, I got it. Um, another quick question I have. Uh, we're yeah, go ahead. planning to do uh, pre-foreclosure, uh, sending out yellow letters and stuff. Uh, you know, start that program. I remember your advice. So the question is, what are the best questions to filter out potential sellers for the pet life? Because usually we have, we have a house for sale. So how much you want for it and what's your address, right, in the regular pretty houses deal. But in this situation, what would be the best questions for the best life to filter out those people who doesn't want to deal with us? So you want to restructure the script for Pat Live for pre-foreclosures, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that when your Pat yeah. Live is screening the caller, you want to ask the questions that's going to give you a better result. Exactly. Okay. So let me ask you, Sam, what questions do you think you should ask a seller? That See, it's all about what you want. Not what they want. The questions that you tell Pat Live to ask is what you want. Now, me, I'm a simple guy. I just I try to get them on the phone, get them off quick. I, I use a script that Ron LeGrand uses because I'm, I'm a copycat. So it's worked for Ron LeGrand for all these years. I don't change it. You know, the ones that stay on the call, stay on the call. The ones that don't hang up and say don't call me no more, I don't call no more. I am not. See, here's, here's, now picture this. I'm CEO. Picture me kissing myself. I ain't got time for all that crap. I only worry about the people who say, hey, I want to sell you my house. I don't want to worry about folks who don't want me to buy their house. And I don't think you can create a word game that's going to trick somebody into selling you a house because we changed the script. I would go use the script that Ron LeGrand uses and leave it at that. Forget about the rest. The ones that fall through the cracks, they fall through the cracks. They ain't worth the hill of beans anyway. You move on. Get the people that want you to get them. Everybody don't want you to buy their house, Stan. Everybody don't want to sell you their house. Okay? So mm-hmm. focus on the people who say, I want Stan to buy my house. And as you're getting those calls and you're screening those calls, you know, you know who, who you want to work with. Okay? Because everybody who say they got a house for sale, Stan, really don't have a house for sale. They're just a waste of time. And I think you know that. Most of them are a waste of time. Right. But I, knew, right. I know you're going through a lot. I know, I know, you, I know you personally. I know you're going through a lot of these calls. You know, you're one of the very few people on the call that actually go out there, pick up that 500-pound phone, and you bang it out. And sometimes these people who say they got a house for sale, they're just a waste of time. They're wasting your time. You got to be, I got to call 10 more people. Let me get off this phone quick. And so the ones who call after you send, let's say you send out the yellow letters, right, and the ones who call you mm-hmm. back, you're going to determine how can you buy their house. Is it going to be good sweetheart terms? Or do I get a good low-ball cash price? Or can I take over your debt subject too? Whatever it is, right? And nice. they want to know, well, do I like and trust Stan enough to be on the phone to sell, me my, sell him my house? And if yes, mm-hmm. then they're going to move forward with you. Or you may say, hmm, 
I've asked this seller a couple of questions over again and over again. They haven't given me the right answers that I want to know. Maybe I don't want to buy their house. I'm losing interest very fast. So you move on, okay? You don't have to buy a particular house, but guess what? You need to buy a house, Stan, because if you buy a house or sell a house on terms, you're making money, right? Right. So don't worry so, about the people don't, that don't give you what you want. Okay, got it. Uh, so basically what you're saying is just go by the script. Just do you have a house yes. for sale? Okay, what's your address? Yes. And what's the best time to call you back? And then I'm calling and yes. start talking with them, finding out what's their current situation, and then structure the deal as we speak. And, and you're going to be building. You're going to be what you're going to be doing when they when you call them, Stan. You're going to be building rapport. The purpose of the right. call is not to strike the deal over the phone. You ain't trying to double discuss price and anything over the phone with them calling them the first time. You're trying to determine if they're a motivated seller, building rapport. Hey, you got a cat? Oh, I got a cat. You got a dog? Oh, I got a dog. Oh, you like the Cowboys? Oh, I love the Cowboys. You're building rapport, and as you're building rapport in those first three minutes, you're going to determine if they're a motivated seller or not. What makes you want to sell your house, sir? Oh, great. Uh, you're moving on? Okay, great. No problem. Well, I'd love to buy your house. This is a time we could get together to maybe uh, take a look at it. What's the best time, the weekdays or weekends? Oh, weekends? Okay, well, is it mornings or afternoons? Afternoons? No problem. What's, what's a good time, Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Okay, no problem. How about I be at your house Tuesday afternoon, Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock, and then we can discuss the purchase of buying your house. I'd like to take a look at what I'm buying before I buy it. Is that okay with you? They'll say yes. Why? Because I asked that question because they said I asked the question. Is that okay with you? I gave them the control because I asked that question. Right. I already know the answer. They're going to say, yeah, that's okay with me because if they're on the phone with me after three minutes, it's all good. It's a motivated seller. Now, did I say we did a deal? Did I discuss price? No. We're trying to figure out, can we go out there and date first? Let's go out and date to figure out if I'm, I'm going to buy your house or not. Your house may be in a sinkhole. It may be on the side of town I don't want to be in. I don't know that yet. Let's just find out so, if you're motivated or not. If you're motivated, we move on. So I shouldn't show them my knowledge that I know that, that they are in default. I just investor, potential investor who's interested to buy their house. That's it. And they shouldn't right. know that I know that they are in trouble, correct? No, yeah, you don't want to let them know anything. You know, because here's the deal. The bottom line is um, they don't care what you know. They care. About, see, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Figure out how can you help them. Let me help you in your situation. How can I help you? You know, if if right. if you can help them in their situation, you're going to be in a winning situation. You're going to be the superhero, especially looking at these people in default. Now, personally, I don't I don't talk to people in default in situations like that. But if you want to specialize in that, you can. You just have to be careful in your approach with helping them. Is that all right? So when you're helping them, just go in there genuinely trying to help them, and you need to make sure. You follow the rules. You don't trap them and promise them uh, promise them things you can't keep, right? So that's mm-hmm. why that's why I personally don't target pre foreclosures or foreclosed people because it's very touchy. You know they're in a bad situation, and I don't want to make it worse. That's why I personally, and you know this, target free and clear high equity owners because they're not in trouble, and they don't live in a house because they're not emotionally attached to it. So if I could find a house that where a person li- doesn't live in it and they own it free and clear or very high equity. Is a better chance for me getting that deal. Now, is there a lot of pre-foreclosures out there? Sure. And guess what? They get a letter from everybody from Sunday to Monday, all the way in between. And you know what? You just one more letter they're getting, and one more person that's trying to take advantage of them. 
and you don't want to be in that situation because they may call the regulators on you. There's a real estate investor trying to take my house from me. Oh, man, stand by. You're going to get a call from the regulators. That's why I stay away from them. So you can go in there if you want to, but stand by. Do your homework. Make sure you're doing things right and you document everything. All right, Stan? Okay. Thank you so much. Understood. All right, man. Well, good. Let me go back to this thing here. How do I do this Q&A thing? Q&A, end session. Let me see. All right. So everybody, let me just, let me just uh, recording this thing here. So I've got a few more calls in there. Uh, we're about to end the call now because um, everybody's on the call, but I'm over on the call. It's only supposed to go an hour, but I'm an hour and 28 minutes in. I know we got to start off to a rocky start. I hope that each and every one of you got something out of it. We weren't able to get over to the property lead information that I had. Does anybody, do I have Andrew on the call? Andrew, Ned? No? Yes, he's my partner. He's my partner. Oh, Andrew, and, uh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Right. He should, I'm he with him. He's, he's, he's not here. He's not here. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, you had a deal over here. Oh, by the way, that, that deal over in Rhode Island, if I were you, I'd pass on that sucker. Oh, Rollins, that's not a good deal. Okay, yes, I got it. Go ahead and whack it. Whack that sucker. Okay? okay. Uh, so at this point, what I want to do is I'm going to end the call because it's already late where you guys are. Not where I'm at, but where, where you guys are. And I want to remind each and every one of you, that this Gold Cup call is every second Monday of the month at, um, let's see, at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And uh, if you have any questions, you can go to the Gold Club website, put information in there. And, uh, and if, you, if you have questions regarding mentoring, or if you have questions regarding Big Star School, or you want to get registered for the uh, – the summit, matter of fact, y'all should come to the summit because I'm going to be having a breakout session teaching the people about rehabbing. So that's going to be fun as well. So uh, with that, I'm going to end the call and tell you, go out there, stick them, get a deal, get to the quick start school. Even if you've been already, go again. I went six times myself. You're going to love it. And uh, uh, follow the information on the Gold Club because it's of tremendous value. And I'll either see you at the top because the bottom is too crowded. Hello. <laughs>